Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And uh, not certain if we have PowerPoint today. Uh, things have been a challenge back there with computers. So uh, if something happens to pop up, go, hey, Mike, here we're at. But Romans 8, Romans 8, we are. Okay, Romans 8, 28. Very familiar verse. How many have ever heard this verse before? Come on. Most everyone, if you're a Christian, usually that's one of the first verses that... The Bible says, I want to just talk to you for this week and possibly next week a little bit about working for our good, that God is really working for our good. And yes, it's a little bit of a feel-good message, but how many know that, you know, that's in God's Word? This is a scripture. How many know it applies to us all as believers? And so, uh, and I want to talk to you about having an expected end. Romans 8, 28, and we know that for those who love God, somebody shall love God. That's the condition. I want you to think about that. Because we quote this verse, and we say, oh, this is what we say when we go through, all things work together for good. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. But it really prefaces it. It says, for those that love God, I may develop this a little more next week, all things work together for good. There's a stipulation in there. Those who are called according to his purpose. Uh, I like the, the Amplified, uh, Romans 8, 28, uh, the Amplified says it like this. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, even in that, for those who are called according to his plan. How many know that the key in this verse is loving God? And so that word love actually in the Greek, very familiar passage, um, I'm having trouble with this here. Maybe we can pull this up. Is agape, agape. And, and it's a number 25 in the Strong's Greek concordance. And agape love uh, actually is an unconditional love. Jesus really brought that in uh, to, to the public view uh, by his life and, and, and his sacrifice. But it's an unconditional love. It's the highest form of love. And uh, that is really what God has called each and every one of us to walk in that love. Can somebody say amen? I'd be the first to admit that I fall short many times. How about you? <laughs> fall short. Agape means actively doing what the Lord prefers with him and by his power in direction. And there's many other definitions about this. I'll read a few. It means to prefer to love for the believer, preferring to live through Christ, embracing God's will. In choosing his choices, obeying him through his power, primarily refers to what God prefers as he is love. Uh, loving God and loving man, the highest form of love. You know what really trips me up? When someone says or does something that hurts you, don't raise your hand on this, but how many had that happen this past week? The scripture that comes to mind is this. It's just, it, just, it just goes to my core. Love hardly even notices when others do them wrong. <laughs> I hope that just rings in your mind this week. Uh, I remember, right? Love hardly remember. It, does, it doesn't remember when those who do the wrong, treat you wrong, say things mean, cruel. Praise the Lord. It's all right. God's good. He loves me. Amen? Wow. And we're only able to operate, <clears throat> excuse me, in that love because of Christ within us and his ability. You can, you can do loving, kind in deeds and humanitarian and lay your life down and, and, and give, you know, to your community and be a, a, a citizen in good standing, but it's only through Christ. 
his presence in your life, his spirit of God in your life, that you're able to do that. So the, the problem is a lot of charismatic churches, you know, the uh, we, we like to avoid pain, suffering, sorrow, but we want to focus on the comfort. We want to focus on the blessings, or here's another one, the miracles. Amen? Hey, I want miracles. But what happens when what you're believing for for a miracle doesn't materialize at your time frame or, or it doesn't happen in that moment? What happens then? This has been, I think, the question that, is, that has set many uh, uh, a sidetrack. When they don't happen, how are you going to handle it? Well, some charismatic churches says, well, we just make it happen. <laughs> and then there's a lot of foolish things that happen in church because people try to manufacture something. Can I get an amen? We don't do that here at Harvest. Just want you to know that. God moves in a direction. We'll flow in that direction. But if he's not, what do you got to do? It's what Jesus did. It said that when the people were in turmoil, it said he went back and he taught in the synagogues. He taught. And so we just can stay consistent with the word of God. How many still with me say amen? <clears throat> so, so the way we prepare to stand in difficult times is, I believe, by cultivating a love, an agape for God, a love for God. In 1 John 4, 19 says this, we love God because, wow, he first loved us. We see that Jesus came, Jesus came. And so we know that, Intimacy with God, watch this, will fuel perseverance through difficult times. It, come on now, some, some of you just went right over your head right there. But when we have an intimacy, a close relationship with the Lord, that is going to fuel perseverance. That's going to fuel stamina. That's gonna, when you go through those difficult times, that is the only thing that's going to carry you through. Did you hear that? It's the only thing. You in love with God. <clears throat> Uh, sometimes people in the midst of it, they try to develop that. But you know what? My encouragement to you all today is don't get to that point where you're at the crisis and the difficulty that you decide, oh, I got to start to pursue God and I need to seek the Lord now. Or I better start reading the word. Or I better, you know, get going in a lifestyle now, pursuing the Lord. But Pastor Mike, I, it just doesn't seem like that that passion's there. And we'll talk about that. But how many of you know the form of habit, you got to do something over a consistent period of time, Right? I mean, I, I started weightlifting close to 40 years ago, but when I first started it, I hated it. I despised it. Some people think, why do you even exercise? Some people, that word exercise is a curse word for some people, but, but it's a joy for others. Why? Because when you do something and you set your heart, hear me, to do something consistently, whatever that discipline is, losing weight, whatever, after about a month or so, you become in a routine and it becomes a habit. It becomes second nature. It's the same thing with the word of God. Discipline yourself. Make it a determination to get up, to read God's word, or whatever your time frame may be, or whatever, to worship a little, to praise, to, to, to seek God, to, to, to pray. How many with me say amen? And so, so we're talking about that, 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 that God has a plan for our lives, but our involvement is, is integral in that. How many see that say amen? And it's our love for the Lord. And so the Bible talks about in Revelation, it's like, you're neither hot nor you're either cold, you're lukewarm. I mean, a day like today in this heat, we need a nice cold iced tea or something, right? But if it's really cold, a nice hot cup of coffee or whatever. And so something lukewarm, it, it just doesn't, you know, I remember just yesterday I was in the garage, is just working on some stuff, and I had some, some bottles of water. They were there, and they, they were just there, and they were, I took a swig, and it was lukewarm, so I said, brought them in the house. I said, honey, stick these, please, if you would, 
in, in some ice and, and she put it in and it was, I drank the whole thing. What am I trying to say? God wants us in or out. Come on. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. So, so now getting back to the feel good point. Isaiah chapter 46. I had to temper that because I believe that to just say that verse without focusing on loving God, I think is misrepresenting that verse. All right? And so we want to balance gospel. Amen? We want, we want the truth of what God's heart is saying. Watch this verse, Isaiah 46, 9 to 10. Beautiful verse. I have a little illustration, and then we'll receive communion. I declare the end from the beginning. Interesting. In ancient times, from what is still to come, I say my purpose will stand God speaking, and all my good pleasure I will accomplish. You know, what's interesting, and then thought about this illustration, it's actually a true story. I'm related to you. I heard about this person uh, that he relates how he had an experience uh, time with a, a, a well-known actor. He was a movie star, and he started major movies. And now that he, even, he starts to write them, <clears throat> he said, so he was invited into his office, and he walked into the room, and there was this large glass that overlooked his property, and there was all these little five-by-seven or four-by-six little index cards. And uh, on those cards he had about stuck up on his walls, he thought maybe 150 or 200 of them. And he explained, he goes, well, I'm writing a movie. He said, I'm writing a movie. <clears throat> and so there, each card is all these different scenes in this movie. And so he says, I study them. And then I just think, you know what? I need to move this scene from over here. It's more towards the end. I need to move it more to the beginning and it kind of walks through this whole scene. And he says this <clears throat> He adds scenes, he takes away scenes, and he says, to have a good movie, you need to have ups. Watch this, you need to have downs. Isn't that right? And you had to have uh, good characters, you have to have bad characters, you have to have twists and turns, conflict, you have to have victories. And, and this man relates, he said that, that, he, that when he heard all this, he said it was very fascinating, but it was very confusing. And he says, it looks so complicated. And so, so, so he asked him, he says, how do you know where to start? It seems so confusing. And he said, oh, that's the easy part. He said, you always start, watch this. He said, you always start with the final scene. That's how you start a movie, with the final scene. He said, you have to decide how you want the movie to end. Once you establish, get this, once you establish the ending, then you work backwards and fill in all the details. He said, in fact, a lot of movies, you don't shoot in sequential order. Sometimes you shoot the final scene, he said, then you shoot the rest of the movie and, and different certain parts, and then you might shoot the beginning part of the movie. And I thought, you know what? That's a very interesting story when you think of our lives in this verse. Friends, this is what God has done and is doing for each one of us who love him, who love him. He said, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Isaiah 46.10, read it from the Amplified. It says, declaring the end and the result from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established, and I will do all that pleases me and fulfills my purpose. Somebody say amen. The Bible says that God is saying here that he declares the end from the beginning. When God planned out your life, hear me, church, he started with your final scene. <laughs> he, start, he started from the ending, and he goes, this is going to be the ending of them, and it's glorious. It's beautiful. How many with me say amen? He said, he said he started where he wants you to end up. Jeremiah 29, 11 brings new light to what I'm saying here. God said, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good. Somebody shout good. 
and not for disaster. So many people thinking, what's the next impending thing? Because they're in a scene in their life right now that doesn't look good. Amen. And it looks scary. And it looks unnerving. It's just a scene. Say that with me. Say, it's just a scene. Some of you need to, that to give me a little quote for you. You need to write that on, the, on your fridge and put, it's just a scene. So when you're going through a difficult time, he said, they are plans for good, God is saying. They are plans for good. <clears throat> uh, yes, we have an enemy. He's out there. And actually, when this was written, if you read the context of this verse, the children of Israel, watch this, were actually going into captivity in the Babylon. Wow. The Lord said, don't fight it. Lean into it, but I have plans for you. I'm going to prosper you in that land of captivity. Wow. Wow. So, yes, we know there is a real devil that's out there, and he wants to sabotage the purpose of God in your life, but we don't have to let him. Can you say amen? So, for those that love God, the Bible is really saying that the end has already been established. Your final scene has already been shot. And so I just kind of cut up some paper here, some little bit cards right here, and I, I just began to think about that, and I wrote some things on it, like maybe you're in a scene that's just seems like you're alone for whatever reason, and you think, that's the rest of my life. It's going to be there forever. Or maybe you're in a scene right now that you just feel sick. Maybe someone's give, you've gotten a diagnosis. Or there's another scene here, whether it's family, friends, whatever, you feel betrayed think the rest of your life. Well, this person betrayed me and I, I feel betrayed by them. It's going to be that way the rest of my life. It's just a scene. It's just a scene. How about, oh, um, maybe you feel broke, poor. <laughs> you don't have anything. Everything's, you know, or you're experiencing tremendous loss in this scene right now. Or here's another one. Uh, a lot of people this time, they just feel tremendously empty. They just feel hollow. Or there's the scenes of addicted addicted. But see, the Bible says that God has declared the end from the beginning. And you know, here's the thing. How many know that the ending, uh, when God plans a, a, an ending for you, how many know it, it, it'll be good? It'll be a good. And you say, well, pastor, I know of this situation or that situation, and this person died or whatever. Were they a believer? Yes. And so where they went was heaven. <laughs> how many know that's a good ending? Come on now. You know, I read a book back, and I was youth pastoring. Oh, this was back in the 90s. There was actually a girl that came to the youth group, and we had probably 80, 90 kids come to the youth group. We would bust them in. And, and this girl, she gave me this book. It was a real thick book, small print. I was like, oh. And she really wasn't a believer. And she was coming to the youth group and, and uh, somewhere in, over near the Evansville area. And it was about life after death experiences. And it was a secular book. And she said, will you read this, you know, will you read this, Pastor Mike? Will you read this? And I was like, okay, okay. And actually, I read it, and I actually couldn't put it down. And I wish I had the name of it, but I, I can't remember it. But I, it's all examples of people that have died and had moments, and then they were somehow resuscitated. And the ones that, you know, knew of God and knew of God, and they talk about a light. And there's some scary parts in the book, too, of people that didn't know the Lord. But they talk about experiencing heaven. And there was one about a pregnant woman she dies in, the, in her bathtub, and she's pregnant, and they somehow resuscitate her, and this is so freaky. She dies in the bathtub, and they resuscitate her, and she did not want to come back from where she experienced heaven and what it was like. And there's like, you even had a child. I mean, how many know that the mother and a child that goes to the core, 
There was something so amazing about heaven, she didn't want to come back. Every single one of them were like furious that they came back here. (laughs) We want to hang on to here. This is all we know. But the moment you experience that, you never want to come back. People's like, oh, pray for them to be resurrected. That's for us. We want that because we miss them. And they're going, no, God, please, please, no, don't send me back. Different twist, isn't it? End scene is always, even if it's, if it's a tremendous loss, it's heaven. And you have to, you have to think about that. I, I ponder that, really. I ponder that, 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 that you know what? I'm going to see them again in tremendous sadness and sorrow. All those that have moved on before us, they're, they're with the Lord right now. I'm going to see them again. You will see them again. Hence the importance of getting the word of God out. Amen? So the, what, the, what, what we're saying here is you don't need to defeat. You don't need to failure. God has called us to, 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 to be conquerors, to overcome. You know, here's the thing. When you know this, you, you're not going to be discouraged. You're not going to be discouraged in life when you know that God has a, a purpose. He has an ending for us. You're not going to be frustrated because maybe your dream didn't come to pass or, or you had a disappointment or maybe you had a financial loss or, you know, something happened in your life. You will stay in peace knowing God has an ending for you. Stand with me if you would, please. Here's the key. Like any good movie, there's going to be twists. There's going to be turns. There's going to be times you're going to be thinking, you know what? I'm supposed to be going this way, but I'm going in the opposite direction. This is not making sense, Pastor. This is, this is not what I planned. I never had this on my radar. This was not something I even envisioned. And here I am in this scene. I'm in this scene, and I don't like it. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to pray here. We're going to receive communion. Ushers, you can come forward and get this set up with the worship team. From 1990-92, we lived out here, and um, um, we, we attended a church in Ashby. The Country Bible Church is now Destiny Church, and it was a beautiful church, wonderful people out there. And we, uh, <clears throat> we, we left Minnesota to move back to help my father with with his business, and, I, and I, at that time, I mean, I wasn't in ministry. We served at the church, and I felt, this is it. This is it. I'm supposed to take over my dad's business. And so we went. We went back there, and it was in dire straits. We don't have time to get in all of it. But we resurrected some stuff. We opened up some new stores, my brother and I, and they were very successful. And things began to happen, and things began to prosper, and it's like somebody dropped a nuclear bomb in the whole thing. The whole thing just, it just... And it was really a lot with had to do with my dad and the relationship. Came in, basically threw me out of the whole thing. <clears throat> it just blew up. And next thing you know, before long, we're, we're back in Minnesota. And uh, yeah, it was the next step for the new season in our life. But I, I tried to make sense of that and look back. Come on. Have you ever done that? You look back and you go, that was an absolute waste. It's just a waste of my life going out there. Well, did you learn anything? Yeah, I learned that was a waste. But as I pondered it and I thought about it, I felt the Lord say to me, what happened in your heart about that? You were all focused on going into business, doing this, taking this over, but I have a ministry call for you. Come on, somebody. And see, so, so you don't see yourself 20 years down the road preaching this illustration. Back then when you're living 
in the pastor's parsonage basement that's 10 by 12 with my wife holding her hand with one little bed and, and living in it for eight months, not knowing where you're going, what's going on, what's going to happen. So unsettling. So unnerving. How many with me? You don't see that. But the Lord said that you going through all of that, coming out of that, coming back to Minnesota, what do you have? You go, this is what came to me. I said, Lord, I have a made up mind. I am not supposed to ever go back there for that. I am never, I am supposed to do this now. Sometimes you got to go through stuff to come out with a made up mind. Amen. Where you make up your mind, say, you know what? I'm not going back to that. This is where we're moving forward. God has blessed us in this and we're going to stand in this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why? Because God has an expected end for each and every one of you that love him. Let's pray. You're here this morning and you've not given your life wholeheartedly to Christ. We don't, I don't know everyone here. I know most of you. I don't want to miss this moment. That what do I need to do to get in step with the Lord? What do I need to do to, to, to get into his plan and purpose for my life? Very simply, you receive Christ in your life. You have the authority. You have the power to do that. To give your life to, to whom? To whoever. Will you give it to Christ? Will you surrender your life to him and allow him to change you? If you say yes to that, would you pray with me? It's a very short prayer, but it's a very powerful prayer. In this prayer, you're inviting Christ into your life to be Lord of your life, to save you, to start your new journey. Say this to me together, if you would. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it. We want to help you on your journey. We want to help you grow. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. God bless you. You may be seated at this time. And